Thank you for joining us today. My name is Steve Bates, and I'm your host for KPMG's Future of IT series, the series that explores the changes due to digital disruption and the 21st century enterprise on the future of IT. KPMG's Future of IT series is about deep research as disruption looks like it's the status quo. And it's our ability to look ahead and proactively navigate what's coming next that's essential for our customers in the marketplace. Our foresight requires thoughtful research, continuous market scans, analysis of emerging technologies and risks, analyst forecasts, and of course, extensive discussions with CIOs. Today's tech leaders have a fantastic opportunity to broaden their influence and the value in the organization, but they must act quickly or risk missing the train. Today's session is going to focus on the concept of trust, technical and perceived trust of the customer in this digital age that's raising the bar and raising the stakes for all organizations undergoing digital transformation. I'm very fortunate to be joined by two of my colleagues today, Martin Sokolsky, who's the principal and KPMG's global leader for emerging technology risk, and Michael Krajewski, a director in our Emerging Technology Risk Practice. Thanks for joining me, gentlemen. And I'd like to start off with you, Martin, and around trust as it's become a board-level topic. What is it, and why is it critical that we have to get it right, right now? So, Steve, I think I'd like to start off by providing a little bit of backdrop here. Digital has already become a backbone of modern and even traditional businesses. There's no question about that. Organizations realize that in order to be successful, They need to deliver and serve a frictionless, intuitive, and engaging digital experiences. This is a clear mandate that their customers put on them as their own behavior and expectations evolve and will continue to evolve into the future. So in response, our clients, organizations are working hard at delivering against those expectations. They're adopting emerging technologies like artificial intelligence, machine learning, connected devices, mobile. They're moving to the cloud and they're revamping their delivery models to be more lean and agile, et cetera. Customer trust is often not explicitly called out the way that intuitive and engaging user experience is called out. However, it is a foundational and intrinsic expectation that's being imposed on organizations and their clients. So organizations and their boards realize that they must deliver responsible solutions with customer trust at the center, and they need to maintain that trust by being good stewards of customer assets. Otherwise, simply, they will not be successful. That's a really good point when you're talking about it being at the center of the conversation around the customer experience. And we're not only talking about external customers here. Mike, what do you see as both a trend for internal as well as external customers? Why is it important to get it right for both parties? That's a big topic that's being debated on how we are able to build trust with not just our customers in the marketplace, but customers as our employees. From the position of the CIO, your traditional audience was internal customers who you were serving throughout the customer. But now that their position is being elevated and they're having more direct access to the external users as well, they need to balance both of those priorities. We're seeing different types of IT organizations pop up where we have traditional infrastructure and operational teams, but then we're having teams that are directly supporting products and services, and they're integrated 
throughout the front, middle, and back office. This is no longer your traditional IT, but it's IT throughout the entire organization. Having agile methodology of deploying IT resources as needed allows organizations to react to new customer demands, provide employees with similar experiences that they're getting from products and services in the marketplace, and at the end of the day, creating more happy employees, which then go in turn help make a better customer experience. So, gentlemen, I'm hearing you talk about trust as almost the most valuable currency of a modern organization. Let's talk about what are the tangible benefits of customer trust. Martin, I'll go to you. Talk to us about some of the outcomes that organizations that are getting this right are seeing. So customer trust drives many benefits and tangible business outcomes, starting with customer loyalty, better product adoption, to market differentiation, and really overall brand value and reputation. It can also drive better compliance. The perceived nature of trust by your customers really sets precedent for how those customers will view your product, your services, and whether they want to do business with you in the first place, and more importantly, whether they will be willing to share some of their most valuable assets like their data. Mike, what are your thoughts? I agree that trust is a new form of corporate currency. There's research that points towards the lack of trust costing global brands about $2.5 trillion a year. We all know that customers and shareholders have historically aligned themselves with the most trusted brands. If you look around the market today, the most valuable companies have this loyal, trusted customer base that continues to come back to them. And they've done so by consistently demonstrating that people can trust their technology that their data is going to be used responsibly and they don't allow people to feel unsafe or exposed during that digital experience. That's becoming a really important market differentiator and a real cost driver for these organizations. I think one example where this is becoming really clear, the old products versus the new products, is if you look into the automotive industry. Modern cars today have a whole lot of technology built into them, but over the past few years, one of the biggest recalls they've been dealing with have been related to airbags. And these airbag recalls have had hundreds of people get injured and even some deaths related to these effective components, yet the public hasn't turned against airbags. No one's saying to take airbags out of cars. We just take them to a dealer, get them replaced, and move on. And that's because as a customer, I can trust the physical product. I understand it. It's mechanical. It gets replaced. I move on. But now if we compare that to some of the high-profile incidents that have involved autonomous vehicles, there's been a few instances of them being involved in crashes that have resulted in the death of a pedestrian or driver. Those are clearly tragic incidents, but they're also quite rare, but it's causing people to immediately distrust autonomous vehicles and test technology that's with them. People are saying they're not ready for the marketplace. It's never going to happen. And that's because we can't see or understand that technology. Even if a simple software patch or upgrade would stop it from happening, people don't view it in the same way as a physical product like they once do. So I think overall, trust is becoming much more harder to gain, and it also has a much shorter leash than we've traditionally seen. It's a great answer. I'd like to explore about the role of IT in this, and specifically technology leadership. You've both mentioned the concept of both technical trust and perceived trust. Why don't you define those two terms for us, and what's the role of technology in supporting both of those levels of trust? We came up with this concept of perceivers technical trust through all the different conversations we've had with technology leaders over the past few years. One thing I constantly heard from my clients is that 
from the position of IT, they hear about trust, the board's focused on trust, but they didn't have a clear call to action of how can IT help influence that trust. So we set out to provide some clarity on that subject, and that's where we came up with this concept of perceived versus technical. Starting with perceived trust, this is what's really been around forever. We as customers have always perceived a brand or an organization a certain way, and that just formed over time versus our experience and interactions and transparency and ethics of the brand. We all have products that we're loyal to for one reason or the other, but it's nothing new. What is new and what is really impacting the CIOs and the product technology people is that what's influencing perceived trust is now technology-driven. And so this is where we came up with this concept of technical trust. And technical trust, simply stated, is embedding principles and standards and using tools throughout an organization to help bring trusted experiences to customers. And we like to think of that as a bit like a hierarchy of needs. First, you must serve a customer through your technology. This is providing that dynamic experience we all crave, making custom interactions, having the technology available and resilient when you need it, when you want it to be. And if you're able to do that, you'll gain a customer base because you're serving them well. But that only takes you so far because you also then must protect the customer, which is the next hierarchy of need. Customers don't want to feel exposed. They want to use a product, a service, a technology in the same way they're used to. They want to feel safe. They want their data to be protected. They don't want to feel like they're opening their personal lives up to some unknown people. And that protection is very important to maintaining a loyal customer base, but it's not going to last forever. So that's the third and the final hierarchy level of technical trust is the governance layer. Because we all know what's good enough today is not going to be good enough tomorrow. And governance is using organizational change and operating models to help ensure that we're monitoring a technology environment, we're maintaining compliance and other regulatory initiatives and requirements. And we're able to move and grow with technology to support that customer for the long term and build a sustainable, lasting platform. So the other part of the question about technology leaders, I believe that technology leaders have a unique opportunity to drive and set the tone for trust, and I would say more than anyone else. The technology leaders have a unique perspective. They have unique experience, tools, and capabilities to really lead both the innovation and digital strategy, as well as lead the tone at the top from a risk governance and controls perspective. They have great experience in responsibly adopting and governing technologies based on foundational trust principles like security, privacy, compliance, risk management, and controls. As the executive committees and the board agendas continue to focus more and more on risk, trust, and governance, technology leaders have an opportunity to lead that agenda and set the tone for the rest of the organization, whether it's the front office, like customer service or marketing, or back office, like finance or procurement, given some of the traditional capabilities and experience that those organizations have. Martin, that's a great point that we talk a lot about in the Future of IT series is that the CIO and their influence as an advisor to the board is growing and will continue to grow over the next three to five years. But they're not going to just simply be bringing perspectives around cyber threats. They're really introducing concepts around new ways to govern, develop, and deploy technology. This is a very different operating model. And Mike, one of the things that you said that intrigued me was you're talking about really distributing these type of skills across the IT value chain. And I think in many organizations today, it's very siloed. You'll find compliance or security or audit almost at the end of the value chain. How do we get this embedded in the future across the entire enterprise? 
I think we should look to some industries that have started to do that already. If you look into the software industry, the concepts of security by design and privacy by design have been embedded into mature software companies today. But that definitely has not translated to enterprises in totality and other companies who aren't technology and software driven. So we're promoters of actually not just security and privacy, but trust by design. And what that means is that we are able to leverage different tools and enablers across all forms of the organization to make sure from a cultural perspective, everybody understands their responsibilities when it comes to trust and serving the customer. From a technology perspective, making sure there's enough standardization of assets and tools. For example, clients shouldn't be using three or four different cloud vendors. You should standardize those things. You could build one that works and protect it and govern it. You shouldn't have different data repositories around the organization that have different purposes and different access models because you're increasing risk. You're increasing the ability for something to go wrong. So standardization, but encouraging that through good practice and policy. The other component that needs to be leveraged much better across all organizations is data. Data is this great asset that has great monetary value behind it, and organizations are getting better at using it every day, but we're not always appreciating how to protect it. A recent KPMG survey said that 92% of the C-suite across all industries surveyed were worried about an impact to reputation due to a lack of trust in data. You don't have to look much further back to what happened to Facebook in 2018, where a very trusted company had a huge hit to their reputation because of the way they use data. They didn't have a security breach or a vulnerability. They just used data in a way that their customers maybe didn't understand or expect, and it really hurt from a trust perspective. So making sure you use that data but protect it is, is so incredibly important. And the last point is better managing digital identities. I think we have a real identity problem from managing credentials and passwords across internal and external users and using more disruptive technologies like looking towards blockchain and artificial intelligence to enable a better digital identity is another way that an IT leader can instill that across the enterprise. You've talked about the leading merging technologies out there. You talked about blockchain. You're talking about ML, AI. Martin, as a leader in this space, I'm interested in your perspectives on this because on one hand, these technologies have great promises for transformational changes, great value that could be gained from it. On the other hand, we just heard Mike talk about, hey, we can't have sprawl in the Wild West out there across the IT ecosystem. How do you balance, how do you advise clients on this to manage this very volatile digital ecosystem? It's a fairly complex ecosystem. Clearly, our clients are continuing to innovate and disrupt how they think and how they operate and how they deliver solutions. Some of our clients adopted technology you just talked about, like AI, machine learning, blockchain, connected devices, IoT, and so on. And their ability to experiment with these technologies, doing proof of concepts, applying lean, fail-fast approaches is really critical for them to achieve the business outcomes they hope to achieve. What we often suggest to our clients is that we need to also consider the impact these technologies have on the risk environment and risk appetite and risk profile and the regulatory environment that they operate in. In some industries, for example, specifically in the highly regulated industries like financial services and healthcare, there are certain needs to demonstrate effective governance and risk management practices over these technologies. When you're using artificial intelligence and machine learning models to extend or not to extend credit to customers, are you effectively able to demonstrate what the AI algorithm is actually doing? Are they making the right decisions? based on the right and permissible attributes? Are they introducing inadvertent bias or prejudice against certain population of users? 
So these are all the emerging questions that come up in adoption of some of these emerging disruptive technologies. In many cases, many regulatory bodies have not yet figured out what their position will be from a regulation perspective. They're still working through their various considerations around how do you regulate machine learning and artificial intelligence. So we're working with our clients, suggesting and advising our many organizations to really take a responsible approach to deployment and adopting of these technologies based on the foundational governance and risk management practices. One thing that's important to mention too, governance or risk management should not be viewed as red tape or stifling innovation. If it is done right, those things will positively impact both the customer trust and other business outcomes. We talk a lot in the future of IT about the IT function not being the office of slow or even worse, the office of no. And the, the things you just highlighted, I think, are perfect examples of you still have to be compliant. You still have to be inherently safe while still moving at market speed. Mike, culture has everything to do with that, about teams working together. Everything Martin just highlighted comes from a very multidisciplinary approach. He mentioned legal, regulatory, IT, design, analytics. What's the cultural norm that you have to establish to be able to still take advantage of these great new technologies and still get everybody on board that this is a good idea? That's a real challenge that many organizations are going through because, as Martin said, this concept of builds fast and fail fast doesn't really jive well with having responsible technologies and, and traditional enterprise policies and governance. But I think we're seeing a new convergence of those actually being able to operate together. We're working with clients today, and we're working with not necessarily the IT organization, but we're working with the innovation teams. And we're working with these teams to help them promote innovative practices directly out to other lines of business and then collaborate directly, reach out to legal, reach out to the privacy group, reach out to cyber and IT and bring them into your innovation circle because all those bodies, all those organizations, they want the organization to succeed and take that next step, but only together can they set norms and governance to be able to enable responsible or trusted innovation. So let's end by talking about the next steps. You covered an enormous amount of ground today from culture to technology, uh, new ways to govern and evaluate technology, working together. Let's talk about one or two points from each of you around what can a technology executive do next? What would be the first things that you would encourage them to do if they want to move from just building technical trust to helping the organization build perceived trust in the market? Mike, I'll start with you. What are the first couple of steps you think an organization should take? I think the first thing is IT needs to stop operating on a project-based model, stop just delivering project after project, but focus on customer-driven solutions. It's all too often we talk to our clients in IT, and they don't really think about the customer in mind. They think about the operating systems and the servers and the code and the databases and the network, but they don't always think about the customer who has to use that and get a meaningful experience, whether that's the internal or the external customer. So the more that mentality shift can be pushed into the IT or organization and the teams developing products and services that everything's done with the customer in mind, I think a lot of these concepts become natural after that. And Martin, what about you? What would you leave our listeners with? Uh, one or two things that they should do to get started. I would say, first and foremost, focus on innovation and disruption. 
think about the business outcomes, think about the customer experience and the journey, lead by example and inspire the rest of the organization, be that trusted advisor and that advisor for innovation and disruption throughout the organization, front, middle, and back office, and apply some of the foundational governance, risk management, controls, approaches that you're already very good at in your ability and agility in developing these innovative solutions. That's great. Customer trust of today, we've heard it's a combination of technical and perceived trust. It's built on the back of this enterprise's propensity to both serve, protect, and govern the technology, but it's got to be aligned with the business outcomes and the market speed orientation of today's digital model. I think what we've heard today is customer trust. It's the foundation for a successful and sustainable business strategy. I want to thank you both for joining me. This has been a very deep and enriching conversation. There's a lot more out there to be explored in, and we encourage our listeners to go out to kpmg.com and dive into these insights that are found in the future of IT. We'll look forward to joining you on our next series, Future of IT, KPMG's insights into the future of the forces of digital transformation on the IT function. Thanks for listening.